Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. In studio, we have Craig Eaton, Ed Cox, Judge Weinberg, John Katsimatidis, and myself, Lydia Serrani. On the line with us right now, we have Andrew McCarthy. He's a columnist for the National Review. He also served as an assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Andy McCarthy. Andy, it's it's Richard Weinberg. You had this great uh, column. It's called This Week in the Trump Investigations. Could you tell the uh, listeners about it? Well, I, I just think um, we're in a uh, we're in an unfortunate stage where we're going to we already have a proliferation of Trump investigations, and there are apt to be more. In fact, I had written something over the weekend that said the Trump investigations mount that counted that there were seven serious ones, and by the time. I was ready to recap what was going on, and a few I hadn't discussed over the weekend. There was an eighth, um, and now we have a special counsel. So even if even if I didn't think that um, the former president were at a stage that um, he's acting in a way that's apt to get him charged, he's an att- attractive target for especially elected Democratic uh, prosecutors throughout the country. Those are uh, you know unlike federal. Prosecutor positions, most of the uh, DA and state attorney general positions around the country are political. So in blue states, blue cities, what you're seeing are uh, elected Democratic attorneys, um, you know, for political reasons. Uh, if they if there's a way that they can bring a case against Trump, that's very popular among the people they need to get elected by to bring a case against Trump. And then the final uh, added component here is the history of special counsels is that they proliferate charges. There's no, I don't think there's been one going back to Watergate that hasn't created crimes just by virtue of the investigation. So I think we're in for a long haul of numerous investigations. And what do you think about this appointment of uh, of Jack Smith and in terms of his linkage to the Democratic Party? No, I'm I'm not as concerned about you know I I've heard a lot of stuff the last couple of days. There, there are people who think very highly of Smith. There are people who um, say it's a it's a mixed bag. I think that this is the kind of chatter that goes on when cases are in an early stage and we haven't really seen evidence. And my view, after you know, for what it's worth, after many many years um, doing this stuff, is that cases basically come down to evidence. Uh, and you can talk about personalities and po- politics and who's, um, you know, who's who's a partisan and who isn't and all that stuff. But in the end, I, you know, I think if the special counsel brings a case against Trump, that's like Russiagate, where there's no there there. It's just a hoax or, it's you know, it's just basically a fabrication that's going to be and be perceived as an abuse of power. If he brings a case that's got serious charges and, and compelling evidence, it, it's not going to matter who the prosecutor is. That's what will matter. Other than that, as far as the special counsel is concerned, I think it's an exercise in theater because it's meant to convey the idea that there's some detachment or insulation between the Biden administration and the decision whether to charge Trump. And in point of fact, in this system, prosecution is an executive power. All executive power is reposed in the president, uh, and therefore Biden and 
Merrick Garland can't escape the fact that, you know, they got to be big boys here. They, they wanted these jobs. Well, you know, sometimes you get a politically fraught investigation and there's no artifice that you can come up with, like naming a prosecutor that's going to take their fingerprints off a decision that has to be made. Andrew Ed Cox here. Uh, how how what do you think about the law that's applicable in the Mar-a-Lago case? Uh, is it certain? Is it clear uh, and can be applied to the facts or you're dealing with a presidential records act that is very doesn't have any enforcement provisions in it. Right. You're dealing with the president and top secret and he has certain certain rights as commander in chief with respect to top secret things. Do you think the law is clear? And I think that if it was only presidential records and we weren't dealing with any classified information, then this would be a very murky situation because, as you point out, there are no enforcement provisions uh, in the Presidential Records Act. Now, the Justice Department has a theory that another statute does the trick for them, but I don't think there would be a case or thought of bringing a case uh, if that was all that were at stake. I think the two things that are serious here are the classified information, which actually under the Espionage Act, it doesn't have to be classified. The fact that it's classified is evidence that it is what the espionage is directed at, which is national defense information. Um, There are, you know, I I think there's, you know, provisions that are applicable to people who um, get access to classified information because they have privileged positions in the government and then mishandle it. Uh, as far as Trump is concerned with respect to that, I think his best defense is that they didn't prosecute Hillary Clinton for similar behavior. But that's not really a legal defense. It's kind of an equitable defense. And the bigger problem I think he has in terms of a, just a bread and butter crime uh, is misleading the grand jury. I mean, what they're going to argue is that when he uh, when he when he brought the FBI and the Justice Department to Mar-a-Lago on June 3rd and presented them in response to a grand jury subpoena with a package that they represented was all of the classified documents that they still had down there uh, after a thorough search. Uh, and the the uh, prosecutors and FBI agents had them do an affirmation, which was supposed they understood was supposed to be presented to the grand jury, where they represented that they had done a thorough search and this was everything. And then it turns out that they have over a hundred more, and there's some evidence that they. But knew whose they affirmation had was that? Was That's that Trump's problem. or was that the lawyers? It's the agents for Trump. So there's two lawyers. One of them is his custodian of documents, and the other one is. Um, is someone who was acting as a lawyer, but they're both. But don't you have to show knowledge that Trump knew that that wasn't correct? Yeah, I don't think they're going to have difficulty with that. Yeah, but th- this is process stuff. Are you going to indict the pres- former president, a presidential candidate, uh, on the process stuff when there's real there's no anybody- actual claim there? No, I, well, there's, there certainly is an actual claim, but I, I, I think the danger for them is that. Um, anybody in America, you, me, any of us in this discussion, would be prosecuted for lying to a grand jury. So if they can prove that he did that, that's a very serious offense, especially if it's involving national defense information. And then, you know, you have the overlay here of the fact that some of the stuff 
I mean, I think some uh, there's much too much stuff classified in the government, and probably some of the stuff is trivial. But some of it is pretty heavy-duty national defense information, uh, and if it falls into the wrong hands, it could do real damage to the United States. And that's you know, on that's, a scale of, of one to ten, to tell. what is your uh, feeling about a Trump indictment? Eleven. That is, he's going to be indicted. You agree with Bill Barr that he will be indicted? Yeah, I think it's just a matter for the for the Democrats. It's it's when, not if, and it's when it serves the, you know, their political needs for 2024. So well, it'll be time for when it's the best moment for them politically. But I think they think they have the documents case in the bag already. And what they're trying to do, I hope they don't try to do this because I don't see a case there. But what they're really trying to do is make a case on him on January 6th. I think they already – the Justice Department's already decided he was not complicit or at least there's no actionable case on him for the violence of January 6th. The theory that they're trying to pursue there is that the, theory, the legal theory that he was pushing, that Pence had the authority to not count electoral votes, was so frivolous that it's somewhere along the line crossed into fraud. And I think we go down a very dangerous path uh, if we start to treat legal theories that are frivolous as if they were frauds. When I was a prosecutor, if that was the law, fraud, if a frivolous legal theory was a felony, I could have indicted five felonies a day. You know, defense Understood. lawyers are very creative fellows. Andrew McCarthy, we have to move on. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, your, your words are um, interesting. You know? Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.